we're back. Cool. Yes. First Hello. episode hey. of the one. All right, relax. So cool. sorry, y'all. All right. It's cool. mug time. It's not mug time. Please stop with that time. stupid ass mug of yours. Should I explain mug time? Yeah, explain your mug time. Okay, so story it's like a, time. It's like a 32 ounce mug he has. So I have this big ass mug. And it's I like to take it, and mug. I can fill it with like 10 to 15 ice cubes, even though it can fit at least 30. And then I fill it with water and take a sip and say it's mug time. And for some reason, Tony, being the man that he is, doesn't like mug time. All right, that's a great way to start that episode. We have an interview this episode. Iowa Wild Ford, Mike uh, Liambus, is with us today. And we'll talk about his time as an enforcer in the NHL and how his role is changing as uh, hockey develops. Don't forget his first game. His first, he talks about his first game. Uh, nice little loss to the New Jersey Devils, but whatever. So, little hockey news before we dive into football, because there's been some football news since we were away. I don't know if you've heard about the whole Miles Garrett situation. No. So, on the hockey front... Uh, Maple Leafs fired their head coach, Mike yeah. Babcock, after a 9-10-4 start. And this man, granted former players may hate him, he's only missed the playoffs twice in his career, and I want him to be the next head coach of the New Jersey Devils. Yeah, but, like, he was doing bad up there. What makes you think he's going to do good here? Well, there was a uh, – he was brought in by Lou Lamorello. Right. And then when Lou leaves uh, – the new GM comes in, and the new GM's forming it to his team. And they were just always at odds with each other, like, all the time. So it just changes scenery. He's only missed the playoffs. They were going to make the playoffs this year. I know there was a poor start this year, but they were going to make the playoffs this year. So Mike Babcock, in his four-plus seasons with Toronto, went 173, 133, and 45. Bingo. Three playoff appearances in four years. The only year they missed it was the uh, year right before they got Austin Matthews. And that team was terrible. Then the only other time... Stop. I can hear that honey mustard and that lid. My God. And the only other time he missed the playoffs in his coaching career... Please, stop. My God. Don't stop. This is ASMR uh, No, now. it's not. The only other time he missed the playoffs in his coaching was career was his first season in... Anaheim, the year before they made it to the Stanley Cup final. They win? No, they lost to the Devils. Oh, Tom, come on. So the Mighty Ducks of Anaheim. Yeah, the Mighty Ducks of Anaheim. You should know this. What did you throw what at is that? Wait, was it his? What is uh, this? This is a rapper. Yeah. <laughs> was it his uh, decision to put that guy back in after he got murdered? Korea? Yeah. It, training staff said he can go back in. So, yeah. You know damn well he wasn't allowed to go back in. He definitely he was. It was, a, it, was a compl- it was a completely different time. There yeah. was no concussion protocol. But he doesn't as long as you could game move, you were playing. And seven. Well, he scored in game six. I understand what he did, but saying. he doesn't remember it. I understand. That man has irreparable brain damage. And then Scott Stevens has the audacity to say that he let up on the hit. Yeah, you know, I let up a little bit. Could have killed him, basically what he said. <laughs> Scott not. Stevens could have said, I'm about to end this man's career. He basically well, he did. did. Well, he could have ended it there that night. Yeah, that's true. He did come back and play a little more after that. It doesn't matter, though. Yeah. Like, he, he eventually, his career ended because of concussion-like symptoms. He murdered yeah. him. So, uh, that's, yeah, all right, you're blaming the Paul Correa injury on Mike Babcock. Uh, sure. So, he's the first head coach to go this season. Who would have thought that John Hines would... Be hired and fired. In, in he was hi- 
Mike Babcock was hired and fired in the whole John Hines era in New Jersey. So that is, I know, so disappointing. I, I know. Considering we've been to the playoffs once under Hines. Yeah. And we barely made it, and but went, we did make it. He went all those those years, but they always lost to the Bruins. So what do you think Shiro needs to see to fire Hines? I, I think he's got a leash till the end of the season. What? Yeah. No. Yeah, because the fire him now. We have a chance to make the playoffs. The players are taking accountability for their play. So <sighs> Taylor stop. Hall said he needs to step up. Yeah, well, it's not going to mean much because incarcerated Bob tweeted after the Devils uh, lost the Bruins Tuesday night that Taylor Hall's now on the trade market, and that we should be hearing more rumors coming out uh, after the holiday. I'm very excited for that. I saw um, some stuff for Goudreau. Mm. I don't think they're going to give a Goudreau. It'd be Hall and probably like Brat or Zaka for Goudreau. No, it'd be Hall and a prospect or a pick. I could be fine with Hall and a pick for Goudreau. I'll give you McLeod. Yeah, yeah. He he hasn't done that much. Because the, listen, the prospect or the pick is based on you know what if Hall doesn't resign? They don't want to be left there with like nothing. That would be that would be so ratio. But. It, we should be getting a conditional pick back if Hall does resign. You yeah. Know? Like, uh. Because if he signs long term. There are rumors coming out of Toronto that uh, the Devils kicked the tires on Nylander, but uh, Dubas took back because he likes Nylander a lot. But, I mean, the consensus, at least from somebody who I know who could talk with, he knows somebody in the Maple Leafs organization. You know someone who knows Yes. Someone? Okay. Yes. The consensus in that organization is Taylor Hall is going to call for a, a pick, an elite prospect, and a roster player. That's only as a rental. That's hey. not even with him signing a contract extension. Hey, Trish. Ooh. What if we get him to sign a contract extension and then trade him? Yeah, sign and trade. That would be, be the most likely course of action. Because if you trade for a player, I don't think you can re-sign him until like after the end of the season. If you trade for a mid-season of a contract year. Which then he becomes a UFA, though. Exactly. It might be like a Mark Stone type thing where he was signed by the Senators for seven years and then traded immediately to, to the Golden Knights. Yeah. It'd be something like that. So you have a man on the inside? I, I know somebody, yes. So you have a man on the inside yeah. who will slowly infiltrate his way into the Maple Leafs center no. of attention right. and okay. eventually trade Alexander Burroughs to the Devils in exchange for a six. Alexander Burroughs? Oh, whoa, my bad. Austin Matthews. Where the hell did you bring out Alexander Burroughs? I, have I don't think, no I don't think Burroughs has played He hasn't like been in the league years. in four what years. What Tom? I... My brain got crossed. Alexander Burroughs did, did one thing in his career, and I think he got exiled to Ottawa after it. Did he? I think so. Alexander Burroughs went to a Stanley Cup final. He did. He scored that goal against the the Blackhawks. Guess That's the one thing in his career, Tom. Guess who Honestly. he Guess who he played with? The Sedins. Corey Schneider. He did. Yeah, that's and Roberto Luongo. Up. All right, so we're gonna move now to our interview with Iowa Wild forward uh, Mike Le- uh, Leambus. So Mike Leambus, who is a forward for the Iowa Wild of the AHL, is joining us now on Too Many Men. And Mike, we want to thank you for coming on today. Yeah, thanks a lot for having me, guys. So, uh, playing as an AHL player, you might not get the same kind of recognition you do maybe in the NHL. But uh, how do you feel going into a game in the AHL? Do you take it – I'm sure you take it important, but you've – 
gone through games at the National Hockey League level, it's, is the, what's the feeling before an AHL game? What, how does it differ from that before an NHL game? Um, for a guy like me that's never played full time in the NHL and gotten like comfortable in, in my like comfortable like I do like in the American League as far as like you know your role you know what your is going to be expected of you and everything when you're I mean me I've only played eight games so every time I played I was a bit nervous and like you always want to prove yourself and you're looking to you know always kind of show them what you can do and, and try and find a way to stay there they, I always say and a lot of guys will agree with me the easiest part is getting called up and it's not easy to do that but the easiest part is you know getting called up and then the hard part is staying there and I've never experienced that yet but I mean, I treat every game, whether I'm going into the AHL game or an NHL game or East Coast League game, um, you know, I used to, I am a little different now. I used to be, when I was younger, I used to be just wired and just ready to go and just so, like, intense and, um, you know, full of energy. And nowadays, I like being more calm, um, like going into games, just feeling more calm rather than, than all jacked up. I don't know. I don't know what the difference is or what changed for me. It's just, um, I, I, I think... I do better with being more calm nowadays than, than more jacked up. You said you like to be calm more before the game now. Yeah. Uh, how do you channel that emotion to getting jacked up once you step on the ice? Because you're a physical player in your own right. I, 137 yeah. penalty minutes last year for Iowa is nothing to sneeze at. So. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, I, don't know, I don't know how to quite explain it, but it's almost like more so my body's fired up, but my mind and my brain is, is in a calm state where you know you get out on the ice and you're going full tilt and, and you are going and it's not there's nothing calm about it but it's almost like your head's a little more calmer so it, you see things a little slower on the ice you see plays develop uh, rather than everything just buzzing by it because you're just like a ping pong ball out there you know when I was younger that's the way I used to be and now it's like I'll see hits develop or there's certain areas of the ice where I'll, I'll know there's opportunity for hits and I'll see it develop and if it's not there then I'm just calmly going about my business playing the game but um, I'm still I'm still super energized and, and super aggressive when I'm out there but it's in a calm kind of state almost a controlled chaos I like to say it's just a bit different than just going out there and just skating 100 miles an hour and just banging guys and stuff like it's I, I think I've changed with um, the times of the game as the game's changed I think well, speaking of changing with the times of the game, uh, there was a season, 2013-2014 uh, for Milwaukee, where you totaled 267 penalty minutes. Now, we're seeing now the days of that are really behind us where you have the 200-plus penalty minute guy. How do you yeah, see yourself? How, how do you see yourself evolving with the game as it continues to go forward? Um, well, it's definitely like there's no fighting role on the team I mean there's still guys that will scrap and everything and it's getting less and less but um, it's too one dimensional for the game nowadays you gotta have some other tools in your belt you know you gotta be able to penalty kill you gotta be able to skate so you can get to hits and, and you know a big hit can change the momentum of the game just like uh, a scrap can um, but obviously that's getting phased out of the game or you know where the game's getting updated and things are changing and you gotta you gotta change with it you almost gotta be a chameleon you know you gotta be you gotta be good with change and you gotta adapt your role or else that's how guys get taken out of the game and um, I love hockey and I wanna play as long as I can so you gotta keep changing with the game and for me it's you know that you're still obviously allowed to but there aren't as many guys anymore so it's tough to even find in scraps anymore but um, at the same time, like you got to be smarter about it. Like, there's no reason to get into scrap just because a guy comes up to you and says, "Hey, you want to give me one?" And it's like, well, if we're up by a goal or two goals at home, you don't want to give any team any momentum 
or if you're up on the road, you don't want to give anyone momentum. So there's no reason to. Cause I mean, the fights that are pointless fights are out of the game now, which which I'm totally fine with. I mean, I enjoy fighting and I enjoy I enjoy doing it. Um, but it, like it's it's almost like it's frowned upon nowadays if you scrap just to scrap. There's no point. You know, I'd rather be on the bench and be able to go out there a minute or a minute and a half later and, and go maybe change the momentum with a big hit or um, you know play my hockey, which is which is different, like I said, than than it was ten years ago. But um, yeah, you got to definitely have some more tools on your belt nowadays. You can't just have that one tool and go out there and scrap and play two and a half minutes a game. That's just not around anymore. You say that there are a lot of players who have started to evolve more into that mindset. A player like yeah. Wayne Simmons for New Jersey, for example, that plays more into that mindset now. A big physical guy who will, you know, fight when needed, but he's more of just a game changer guy with his body. Is there a player, yeah. whether it be present or past, that you really like to model your game after that you watched and said, that's the type of player I am? Well, yes. Um, there's two players. One is an old, old school guy. There's a couple of them, actually. But a new age player. Well, let me start with this. I don't know. There aren't many people that know this, but I, I was a defenseman my whole life up until I got called up to the American League. Even when I was in East Coast League, I was a defenseman. And when I got put, or when I was getting called up to Milwaukee after a weekend, um, the Friday and Saturday game when I was in Orlando, they had me play as a forward because they knew I was getting called up as a forward in Milwaukee. And before that, I played a couple of games on forward and junior, um, like three games. They were trying it out. And then when I went to the East Coast League, or the IHL and the East Coast League, I was kind of going back and forth from forward to D because in the East Coast League, you could only have 10 forwards. And sometimes, you know, you'd need, sometimes you'd have six minutes, like too many D. And then next weekend, you'll have three D and you just, you need to find something, you know what I mean? So I ended up just going back there and then I played um, defense still in the East Coast League. And then when I got called up to the American League, I became a forward. So when I was younger, I loved two guys. Scott Stevens was a guy, you know, just growing up watching a rock of sock and Don Cherry's that you get every Christmas. Like I grew up watching Scott Stevens and those bone crushing hits and I that's what I did since Meyer hockey, you know, and I loved a guy like uh, Wendell Clark, that's why I still wear number seventeen. That guy is to me old like I know he's older school, but it, to me he's the best role model I can have. Like he's a leader on his team. He'll hit as hard as anyone, he'll fight the toughest guys in the league, and he'll score a bunch of goals. And to me that's what I wanted to you know, I, I wanted to embody that. And I think nowadays, a guy that, I mean, I don't think I'll ever, I mean, I definitely won't ever be at his caliber, but a guy like Tom Wilson, I think, is the best at his job. Because we always, I know him well, we train together in the summers, and we always say, um, you know, sometimes you got to be the butcher, and sometimes you got to be the barber. Or sometimes you got to be the butcher, and sometimes you got to be the surgeon. And what we mean by that is, like, in your head, it's tough going from, you know, all adrenaline, ready to scrap and ready to, you know, make a big hit or ready to fight. And then all of a sudden the puck comes to you and you got to switch modes and almost go into like a surgeon mode where you got to be soft with the puck and make a play. And to me, that's been the toughest thing for me. But when I watch Tom Wilson or even a guy like Wayne Simmons play every night, they can do that. They can tra- they can switch back and forth um, from the barber to the butcher is what I like to call it. But um, a guy like Tom Wilson and Wayne Simmons for sure nowadays are those types of guys that are just so coveted. You know, a guy that can hit harder than anyone in the league, a guy that can fight anyone in the league, and a guy that'll play on your top line and put up, like, being your top five points every year. Like, to me, that's invaluable to have someone like that. 
it's it's being an ultimate utility player where you don't know what he's going to do next, and that's can really be an asset yep. in the game. We we yep. see it with Tom Wilson yep. in Washington all the time. Yeah. You said uh, you had to change from defense to forward. Yep. What what is the hardest transition there? Uh, you might have been used to playing well, defense your whole life. It, it, it's a new yeah. it's a new position for you. What was the hardest well, transition yeah. for you? To be honest, it's it's still it's honestly it's like reading a book in a different language because when you're a defenseman, everything's coming towards you, and when you're a forward, you're trying to go thing, be creative and make things happen. And it when I first got called up to Milwaukee and started playing there, um, you know Dean Emerson was my head coach there and. He, I would get the puck to the red line. I would dump the puck in. I would skate and I would hit guys and I would fight guys. I would fight like twenty-five to thirty times a year, and that's what I did since I was in junior because I needed to survive. I wanted to stay in the lineup, and that's what I needed, and, and that's what I can do well, and that's what I did to stay in the lineup. And over the years of playing for Dean Emerson, he had me, you know, started teaching me him and Stan Drury on on, the, on video, you know, and and started teaching me penalty killing, and I went started killing every third penalty, every second penalty, and then by the next year, I was like, you know, he, as soon as we'd get a penalty in the lock, I'd go right over the boards, because I know I'll start. And he, he's the one that saw the game changing and has talked to me about it over the course of these last, you know, 10 years. And uh, he's helped me adapt into, into the new age hockey and, and develop, you know, like I'd like to say, like more tools on my belt, you know, penalty killing, um, leadership, um, off ice stuff, on ice stuff with the team, and just you know, adding as much as you can every every day, so that you know, you almost forces them to keep you, or forces them to keep you in the lineup. Like you need to have multiple tools on your belt nowadays, like I say, um, in order to keep yourself in there. So I want to just ask you real quick before we let you go here about your first career NHL game. Something we ask uh, many of the people who come on this show: what was it like when their first time stepping on the playing surface? So take me back to December 3rd, 2016, a home game yeah. against the New Jersey Devils uh, yeah. when you remember the Nashville Predators. What do you remember yeah. most when you're walking out of that tunnel and stepping onto the ice for the first time in the National Hockey League? I don't remember anything. Your, your brain is just <laughs> going. You're so excited. I just know my, my, you know my whole family was there, which was super cool for me. And I waited my whole life to get there, and it definitely wasn't an easy pass. And... Um, it was kind of surreal that I was actually stepping on the ice of, of the National Hockey League game but um, I remember I had a big muzzy going for Movember and Ribeiro and Johansson were making me go no bucket for warm-ups <laughs> they're like you're, you're not you're not a 21 year old kid just breaking in the league he's like you gotta do it so I went out there with no buckets and warm-ups had a big muzzy going and I was pumped I, I just remember the first couple shifts I got a big hit in on Kyle Quincy I think it is who I know well from our childhood his dad was actually my minor hockey coach, but um, he actually getting the one up on me. So we ended up we ended up being up four one going into the third period, and I'm thinking, okay, we're at home. They play in a couple days or travel. I'm going to get a, like probably a bunch of ice time here as the game goes along. The first shift starts. The third period starts. First shift, puck drops. Boom! They go down and score to make it four two. He switches the lines. The next line goes out. Boom! They go down to score, make it four three. The next line goes out the third line. Uh, one of the guys, I, I don't remember who it was, but they took a penalty. New Jersey goes on a power play, scores a power play goal. It's 4-4, four, four, like four or five minutes into the third period. I still haven't gotten a shift yet. And it's a tie game. I end up sitting there the entire rest of the third period and overtime, and we end up losing at 5-4 in overtime, and I was just devastated. I go from finishing 
finishing the second period thinking sick like we're going to get a big win in my first game things are going great and then ball we end up losing 5-4 getting even touch the ice in the third period <laughs> your mindset really changed real quick there oh yeah yeah oh yeah let me let me tell you something yeah. I, i'm i'm a devil's fan myself i remember kyle quincy in a devil's uniform and he was one tough man yeah. he, he's about as tough as devil's defense we could be over the past like five years and the fact that you know him and go back with him it it explains why where, where your toughness comes from and uh i, I love what you're doing yeah. in in uh, the American Hockey League, I think players like you are a rare breed now, but you're so valuable to an organization, and I really want to wish you luck here the rest of the way, uh, whether it's in the AHL or in the NHL. I-, I wish you the best of luck, my friend. Thanks a lot. I appreciate it. Thanks for your time. So I want to thank Mike for coming on the show. It was really interesting to talk to him. Nice to hear about that Uh I mean, you could f- hear the pain in his voice. You know, he only played like yeah. four minutes that first game in his career. But, uh, you know, the Devils prevail. Won in overtime. Mike Camilleri, a little overtime winner. A little overtime magic from Cammy. Please stop. Yeah, that team lost a lot of games. <laughs> so we're going to move to the NFL now. Uh, we got to talk about the Miles Garrett incident because that happened last Thursday night. For those of you who are unfamiliar, I don't know how you could be. Unless you're in a bubble, there's no way you could be... <laughs> unfamiliar with this. Do you mean under a rock? Yeah, or, that works too. Yeah, that works I've too. I've never heard in a bubble. You've never heard in a bubble? you never heard in a bubble? No. Really? What's the point of that? You live your life in a bubble. Okay, yeah, bubble even boy. Even if you're in a bubble. Like... Uh, off the upright in, Fairbairn. Let's go. In case you're not knowing what's goes. happening because, you know, we don't have the game on. It's 17-13 Colts now. Okay, so. And I said the text. Mason Rudolph uh, gets oh, taken no. to the ground by Miles Garrett. Yes. Mason Rudolph then tries to take the helmet off of Miles Garrett. Yes. Then it, Miles Garrett it gets rips up the helmet off. Miles of Mason Garrett Rudolph. pulls Mason Rudolph up by the face mask and then successfully pulls the helmet off of Mason Rudolph. And then while being separated by Lineman. two offensive linemen and an official, he takes Mason Rudolph's helmet and hits him with it in the Smashes head. Smashes him on the head. Yeah. Which, if you haven't seen that video that Barstool reposted, go watch it. But then... The guy hits the chair, and the chair splits in half. Wow. It's a six-pound helmet. Bricks weigh five pounds, for comparison. And then uh, yeah, Miles, Garrett is, Miles Garrett is then brought to the ground by the Steelers linemen. Yeah, and one of the linemen and is punched kicking, repeatedly. They're kicking His, and punching Mar- uh, Pouncey's suspension gets reduced from three games to two. Oh, thank God. And Miles Garrett, after his appeal today, remains indefinite. Good. Yeah. I believe his appeal today was just to get some kind of number of games. Like and a set number. He still didn't get it. Good. Listen, now he's coming out and he's saying that Mason Rudolph uh, called him a racial slur. Yeah. Yeah. Now, which they the, didn't really specify what racial slur he called him. Well, we can all assume. We can assume, but there's a lot. Yeah. So you never know. And I think the the reason for the ambigu uh, the am- wow ambiguity of that statement <clears throat> is that it's made up completely, hundred percent. Yeah, I don't think he said anything. Mason Rudolph's camp has said that uh, it's completely false and that he's just trying to save his. Oh, own it, it wasn't that. The, the, the NFL was, said they found no. Yeah, and it was only sus- mentioned. Of that. It was only mentioned today. Yeah, six yeah. days after the incident. You think he would have said that in a yeah. post game interview where he was like, uh, "Yeah, this happened." He called me this. That's something usually that comes out immediately. Do you? 
And the fact that he didn't bring it up immediately leads me to believe Mason Rudolph didn't say anything. Do you consider Mason Rudolph as a good sport? Because like for he not had, filing charges, yeah, he could have. He, he had the chance to. He could have filed assault charges. Listen, if that was done in Pittsburgh, he would have been brought out in handcuffs. There's no yeah. doubt in my mind he would have been let out by police. This down to the station. This game charges. This game single handedly led to their next meeting, which is soon, either this week or next week, uh, being flexed to like one o'clock. That's not. They don't flex today games, Tom. Yeah, they do. No, they don't. They only flex to Sunday night. I explained this to you. No, but you. No, that's not that. It, it got that. moved. It hasn't been moved. It got moved. I saw it. It can only be moved to Sunday night. It can't be moved to anything else. The game got moved. It didn't. Yes, it did. Maybe to say su- did it get flexed to Sunday night? night? And then they got. They usually moved don't out. announce. They don't announce who has the Sunday night. Oh, until okay. halfway yeah, through yeah, the okay. season, and they flex. Like next week is. Oh no, this week is now. Uh, Niners Packers Sunday night. They got that's flexed into it. Game. Yeah, that's gonna be a real good game. So I lost my train of thought now talking about flexes. The NFL changed its start of the time from four twenty five PM to one PM. That's not a flex. That's not called flexing. What's that called? It's just a move start time. I think there's only two four twenty five games this week. So wait, why did it get moved to one then? Yeah, what does it say? I mean I I mean we can all assume why it got moved. Why? Because of this whole incident, and they want to see it happen faster. They want to see what happens next. No, that no. No, but they wouldn't. They wouldn't move do it. that because yeah. a the four twenty-five games the more popular game. Yeah, they wouldn't. Move they would it to keep it one in the national attention. Thirty other games exactly. going on. They would move it to. They moved four it to one because both these teams are bad. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, because people usually don't care about the one o'clock game. Both of these teams are in the hunt. Yeah, in a very bad division. Actually, no. Where are they in the hunt? The Browns. The what are, what are the Browns? Are. Browns are like three and something, but yeah, the Steelers okay. are like five. Yeah. The Steelers still have a good chance of making the playoffs. Yeah, but they're not going to. Aren't the Giants in the hunt? No. What? No, they're not at all. The Giants are two and seven. Yeah, I don't know what they are. Or are we two and eight? Two and eight, probably. I thought they were like two games out of a... Three, but... Yeah, they're we three games catch. out. Our best, chance, our best chance of making it was when we went two and two and Dallas was like... Three and two? Three and... Yeah, around that. Yeah. Tough times. Uh, I, I, you, you completely made me lose my train of thought. With you said you lost your train thing. of thought before that. With this whole flexing thing, because I forgot what I was talking about. Nah, but yeah, this is just a completely. Oh, I remember. Okay. Situation. Uh, Miles Garrett wanted, I think, an amount of games, like a specific amount of games. They didn't give it to him. Now, listen. Do I think he'll just be back next season, week one? Yes. I believe I this. Hope not. I believe the suspension. Why? Because that's fucked up. You don't okay. do that. You could kill somebody. All right, like we've that. seen it before, and players have only gotten three games. I understand. Albert Hainsworth did it a few years back. He got suspended two preseason games in a game. Yeah, that's fucked up. He got three games, and I put air quotes on three games because two of those games were preseason games. I understand, but still, that's not that's not right. I think he'll be suspended through at least halfway through next year. Oh, you can't give him more than ten games. Why not? And he's already getting six this year. You can't. He's not gonna. It's, they're not gonna do it. I'm surprised it's just not for the regular season. I'm surprised it's playoffs too. Playoffs too. It's only in there because they could still make the playoffs. I, he'll be back week one next year. Guarantee it. Listen, we're only talking about this this much because it happened on a nationally televised game. This happens in the muck of the one o'clock games. This isn't nearly as much of a big deal. It was a nationally televised game. It was Thursday Night Football. This happens Jets-Dolphins at 1 o'clock. 
We're not talking about it that much. It was on Fox. Troy Aikman, Joe Buck were doing the call. Troy Aikman acted like that was the worst thing he'd ever seen in his career. Or life, for that he matter. Have ever seen something like that? Like that? No. Then it might have been. But, like that specifically, no. Worst things, yeah. Like what? Ad- uh, Alex Smith breaking his leg was worse to watch than He was my- there? Oof. He probably was, yeah. I think That's that was a, a Fox game. game. He definitely watched it. You win your fucking... Really? I'm thirsty. There's nothing in there. And there was water at the bottom because the ice melted. Tone's pissed. Yeah, I... He's just in a pissy mood, guys. So what, what's... Uh, Tom doesn't know what flexing is. Uh, what do you think of the suspension? How, how long do you want the suspension to be? Give how me a long? set amount of games right now. How long you want the suspension to be? I don't know. I mean, I want to see. Obviously, it's going to be the rest of the season. I want to see at least four games next year. How long do you want it? I want it halfway through the season next year. All right, so you want eight? You want 14 games, eight plus the six this year? Yeah. And you want it 10 games? Listen, yeah. if Bontez Perfect gets thrown out of the league for a That's year. That's a good point. Okay, one, hit, one, 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 his name is Vontez, not Bontez. Perfect, you know Two, what I'm saying. Double B. The BB. Vontez Perfect, I believe, boy. has been suspended like four times. It doesn't matter. It remember, does. Remember that it's AB called being hit? a repeat offender. And what's your point? Miles Garrett isn't one. Who cares? Okay. He ripped somebody's helmet off and tried to kill him with it. That's attempted murder. That's that's the that's gutsy at best to call it that. That is attempted murder. That's gutsy at best. To okay, call fine. It that. It's assault with a deadly weapon. That's a little more reasonable. A little more reasonable. If he was not in that football game at that moment, that would have been assault with a deadly never weapon. Never forget that. And attempted. Never murder. forget Oakland Rams linebacker Mike Millen went on the field and punched uh, the New England Patriots GM in the face. Yeah, but that's just assault. That's yeah, no assault suspension, no weapon. nothing. Nobody cared. No assault charges. Hold on, wait. That wasn't even suspension? No, no. When was this? 1985. That's why everyone was on coke. It was different then. He, he shouldn't be suspended. I will reiterate. Season. Everyone was on coke, including the managers and the GMs and the coaches and the owners. He should not be suspended past this season. There's precedent for this. It's been done before. And people have only gotten three fucking games for it. And you want to give Miles Garrett 10 in your case, 14 in your case? Yes. It's unfair. I think any player that does that should get a minimum of 10. Well, because of the precedent. I understand because of the precedent, but they should set a new precedent. It's not going to happen. Guarantee Hashtag it? not my yeah, precedent. He's going he's gonna to be, re, he's gonna be uh, reinstated. Probably training camp next year. Because when's the, AB's uh, ruling come down? I don't know. Because he was like, I think they it was like this week. It's the type of thing where they won't make a ruling until he signs with a team. It is that type of thing. But uh, we're past the date now where he can be on a roster and play in the playoffs. And apparently the Patriots are campaigning hard to get him back, even though at this point I don't know why. Wait, hold on. What? They cut him. Though. Tom Brady's campaigning. So is Bill Belichick. Robert Kraft doesn't want him. He's the only one who don't. And that's the only voice that matters at the end Why of the day. Why Robert Kraft not want him? His actions rubbed Robert Kraft the wrong way. And it takes a lot to rub Robert Kraft the wrong way. I mean, look at his things in the offseason. He was rubbed the right way down in Florida. I was just about to say that. Yeah, okay. 
So we're going to make some picks for this week in the NFL season. What, what week is it? Week 11? I'm dead inside as a 12? Giants fan. 12? We, 13? We, thir- no, definitely not week 13. I think it is. Let's go with week 12. It's week 12. Are you sure about that? Yes, I have it written down. <laughs> so the Thursday night game was picked before kickoff. We picked the games. I had the Texans. Trish had the Texans. Tom had Yo. the Colts. John had the Texans. Zach, and Ky- Zach had the Colts and Kyle had the Texans. After last week, Kyle is in the league, 103-56-1. He went 12-2 last week. That's insane. I'm in second, 99-62-1. I went 13-3 last week. Also Fuck insane. Uh, in third is John at 96-65-1. He went 11-3 last week. What a jump for John. In yeah. fourth is Zach at 95-66-1. He went 12-2 last week. Damn it. In uh, fifth is Trish at yes. ninety two sixty nine and one. He went eight and six last week. My last. And in well, you weren't in the top five, <laughs> and there's only six of us. So in sixth, last place is Tom ninety one seventy and one. And you also went eight and six last week. Damn, Tom, what's up? Get me a stand out of there so I'm, I can write. I'm screaming nah, on the inside because I'm losing. Scream on the outside. <laughs> that sounded really weird in my headset because I like heard do? just like. Like a breath. Oh, is that what he did? I just said this noise. Like you needed to have like ah. Uh, you need to have like a headset on with a limiter on <laughs> to hear that. Okay. All right, do you want me to scream? No. Ah. Uh, 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 Trish, uh, join me. Ah. Uh, ah. Uh, 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 uh. Don't join us. No. Uh, All right. So week twelve uh, begins Sunday on CBS one o'clock. The night. Denver Broncos travel to Buffalo to take on the Bills. Oh, the Bills are going to smack them. Uh, Zach, Kyle, and John all said Bills. I'm taking Buffalo. They're currently eight, uh, seven and three. Yeah. Yeah. Keep that one going. So I'm taking the Bills at home because they they also don't lose at home. It's hard to win there. They lost, didn't they? Lose to the Patriots at home. That's, That's different. different. Yeah, but they still lost. That's to the, the Patriots okay. At home. Everybody loses to the Patriots everywhere, <laughs> except Miami and Miami for some reason. And. Uh, Ravens is here. Baltimore beat him. Okay. Yeah. Okay, stop with the Michael Strahan cake. Wait, that was Michael Strahan? Yeah, yeah it's his birthday. Oh, but you his want to see tooth, the birthday cake? His tooth gap is so exaggerated in that. That's well, the joke. Have his tooth gap? What? Have you seen his tooth gap? Yeah, it's getting worse. Is it? Yeah. How? It doesn't get better. My guy needs to put braces on. Yeah, a little past that. It's too much of a trademark to brace that up. <laughs> So, Trish, you taking the Bills at home? Yeah, of course. Come on. Tom, Bills Mafia, baby. I take the Bills. So Break that takes folding the, table. Everybody takes the Bills. So, last week, this is interesting. The two picks, Kyle and uh, Zach, both got wrong, were games that everybody picked the one team across the board. Oh, Steelers no. and Panthers. Panthers got destroyed by now, all of a sudden, the best defense in the NFL, Atlanta Falcons. Yeah. Yeah, but it looks like a lot of us greeted on a lot of things. Yeah, it, I, it came down to uh, me not going twelve and two this week. That Bears Rams game, I had the Bears. The Rams look bad. They look better than the Bears, but that's not that hard. Speaking of Bears, one o'clock Fox. The Giants travel to Soldier Field to take on Chicago. Uh, Zach, Ky- uh, Zach, and John say the Giants, and Kyle says the Bears. I'm taking the Giants at home. I haven't picked against them all year. I'm not going to start now, especially not against Chase Daniel and the Chicago Bears. If he's is. Daniel starting this week or Trubisky? I'll get you an I know update. Trubisky has that hip injury. But Either hip way, injury. they're both horrible. Trish, what are you taking? Yeah, give me the Giants. Tom? Giants. Come on, Danny Dimes, even though they lost to the Jets. 
One o'clock on CBS. Uh, Pittsburgh travels to Cincinnati to take on the Steelers. Zach Kyle and John say Steelers across the board. I'm also saying Mason Rudolph and the Mitch Steelers. Mitch Trubisky, I think, is starting this week. Trish, Steelers or Bengals? Nah, Steelers. Tom? What was it? Steelers, Bengals in Cincinnati. Steelers. 1 o'clock on Fox. The Miami Dolphins travel to Cleveland to take on the Browns. Zach, Kyle, and John say Browns. I'm taking the Browns as well. I know Trish is taking the Dolphins. Yeah, baby. Uh, Tom, who are you taking? Give me the Browns. So, 5-1 to one there against the Dolphins. It's fine. I know. You don't care. I've been You're the only that. one to pick the Dolphins against the Colts that week. Although week. Miami's yeah. hot this month. No, they're 2-1. 2-1 and one. in the That's last good. three. 1 o'clock on Fox. James Winston coming off a terrible game against New Orleans. Travels to Atlanta to take on the Falcons, who I just said a few minutes ago have the best defense in football the last two weeks. It's ridiculous how good they've gotten. Yeah. They've switched up their coaching staff there, and it has paid off. Zach and uh, Kyle and John say Falcons. Zach says the Bucks. I'm taking the Falcons at home here. Jameis Winston does not have the capability to be a starting quarterback in the NFL. He proves it on a weekly basis, and uh, this is just going to be another week of the Falcons' defense, you know, having their way. Trish? I'm going to be John Bird team. Okay. I got to ride the hot hand and pick the Falcons. Although, Winston can put up a good game at times. At like times, against not the Rams. consistently. Yeah, the one game a year he can do that shit. Well, he did it against the Giants too, but that's not much of a, a victory there. No, they lost. Yeah, <laughs> one o'clock on CBS. This is a weird CBS game, weird NFC game, the rare NFC game on CBS. The Carolina Panthers travel to the Superdome to take on the New Orleans Saints. Zach, Kyle, and John say Saints across the board. Drew Brees is getting this thing going. He is starting to roll. I like the Saints at home against a struggling Kyle Allen and the Carolina Panthers. Trish? Uh, yeah, I'm going to take the Saints. Tom? I'm also taking the Saints. Drew Brees, baby. 1 o'clock on Fox. The Seattle Seahawks, somehow underdogs in this game, traveling to Lincoln Financial Field in Philadelphia to take on the Eagles. John, Zach, and Kyle all say Seahawks. I bet on the Hawks, and I'm picking the Hawks. Uh, Trish, which way are you seeing this one go? Yeah, give me the Seahawks. Tom? I'm going to take the Seahawks. And after this, we'll talk about Tom's little campaign for Russell Wilson for MVP. Well, why? Because you wanted to talk about it. Okay. We talked about it earlier today. 1 o'clock on Fox. Jeff Driscoll, who's a starting quarterback in one of my leagues this week, out of necessity. And the Detroit Lions traveled to Washington to take on the Redskins, who is starting Dwayne Haskins, who is pleading with his offensive line, asking, what can I do for you? To help you, Deshaun Watson just dropped an absolute dime to DeAndre Hopkins in the back of the end zone. Gorgeous. Fucking beautiful. Zach, Kyle, and John say lines across the board. Um, I'm taking the Lions, too. I, I don't see Washington getting their second win of the season here. Uh, Trish? Yeah, give me the Lions. Tom? I got the Lions. Tom, remember when you wanted Dwayne Haskins? Yeah. What happened there, bud? Uh, you know... I love how Dwayne Haskins is coming out publicly and talking shit about his offensive line. Well, the, See that video? The video of him on the sideline asking his offensive line, what can I do to help you? And none of his offensive linemen are listening to him. That's just disrespectful. It's like, really? My guy, he's trying. You're just hanging him out to dry. He's like, what do you need from me? Exactly. <laughs> I'll do it. <laughs> One o'clock on... CBS, the last of the 1 o'clock games we have here listed. Uh, the Oakland Raiders travel to MetLife Stadium to take on the New York Jets. John says Jets. Zach says Raiders. Kyle also says Raiders. I'm taking the Raiders on the road. I think the black hole travels, and I love John Gruden. Raiders. Trish? Tom, which way is this one going? The Raiders. 
4 o'clock games coming. 4.05 on CBS. The Jacksonville Jaguars travel to Tennessee to take on the Titans. The Jaguars are going to stick with Nick Foles. He struggled last week in his first game back. John and Zach say Jags, where Kyle says Titans. I like the Titans. I think Tannehill's quietly having a decent season with Tennessee. And I think he can, uh, continues that this week with Jacksonville. Trish? Yeah, give me the Titans. Uh, I just don't think uh, until they start Minshew again, the Jacksonville Could be Jaguars coming down the pipe here soon if Nick Foles keeps struggling. Yeah. Tom? I mean, Tannehill's really good, but i got to take the Jaguars here. Mm, why? Why? Yeah. I believe Nick Foles will be back to where he was week one before the injury. He's not going to revert back, revert back to the Nick Foles you know of old? Regular season Nick Foles you know of old? No, he's going to have that one game where he throws like seven touchdown passes. Only two 4 o'clock games this week. The 425 game on Fox is easily the America's game of the week. That's what it's slated to be on Fox. And this is the one that's going to draw in the most attention nationally. Dallas Cowboys travel to New England to take on the Patriots. Zach, Kyle, and John say Patriots across the board. Yeah, Patriots. I, I don't pick against Brady in Foxborough. Uh, let me rephrase that. I don't pick against Belichick in Foxborough. So I'm taking Bill Belichick. Trish, you're taking uh, the Patriots too? Yeah, of course. Tom, Pats I across gotta, the board? I got to take the Pats. Uh, the 8 o'clock game that was flexed into the 8 o'clock game is a very good game too. Aaron Rodgers travels back to his home, California, San Francisco, to take yeah. on the 49ers. That's NBC 820. Zach yeah. and John say Niners. Kyle likes the Packers, and I hate that because I like the Packers as well. And I'm trying to gain ground on Kyle, and it's not helping that we're picking the same team here. Uh, Trish? Yeah, Aaron Rodgers is going to continue his MVP season. Ooh, Trish throws his hat <laughs> in there. Tom? I'm all for the Niners this week. You're hot on the Niners, aren't you? This yeah, he's high on the Niners. Yeah, I may be a bit biased towards them. Monday Night Football, ESPN. The Baltimore Ravens travel to the Coliseum to take on the Los Angeles Rams. Ravens. Zach, Kyle, and John say Ravens. Kyle with a lot of faith in his team there. I'm saying the Ravens. Trish is saying the Birds on the road. They're going to travel. Tom? I'm going to say the Ravens. So Ravens across the board. Marcus Peters' revenge game. Finish up these week one. Eric Weddle Who was it that just said there were more Chargers fans in that game in Mexico City than there have been at home? There probably was. Yeah. Who was that? Did you see the comment? I did. That was ESPN. No, that wasn't ESPN. It was a player. Was it? I yeah, heard it, it on player, ESPN. I heard Stephen A. Smith say it today. No, it was a player on KC said it. That doesn't surprise me. He said there were. There, it felt like there were more Chargers fans here in Mexico City than there are when we play them at home. MVP race right now. Who's your MVP? I'm going to give you four options. Okay. I'm not going to put Christian McCaffrey in there because not? Uh, they're not going to choose a, a running back for MVP, unfortunately. Although... He, he should he, be considered. He's yeah. carrying that team on his shoulders. He should be up there. The four players I'm giving you are all quarterbacks. I'm going to give you Lamar Jackson, okay, who's right now the consensus front runner. He's good. Russell Wilson, okay, Aaron Rodgers, yep. and the dark horse in the conversation who's making the rounds quietly, Dak Prescott. How would you rank those one to four? One to Tom, four. Tom, I'll let you go first. I'm going to go with that four, Dak Prescott, at three, who was it? Aaron Rodgers? Yeah. Number two, Lamar Jackson. And number one, Russell Wilson. Trish? All right. At four, I have Wilson. Really? Yeah. Okay. Wow. Yeah. And I think at three, I put Prescott. Two, I have... Um, fuck, who was the other one? I have one at Rodgers. And two Lamar Jackson. Two Lamar Jackson. 
Because I, I have Lamar doing really well this year right now, obviously. He's on a hot streak. What's your reasoning for Russell Wilson at four? Russell Wilson has more, like to know. more yards than Aaron Rodgers, uh, more Listen, touchdowns than Aaron Rodgers. He's having a great season, don't get me wrong. I'm doing this very biasly, mm. and I like Aaron Rodgers a lot. And I think he deserves to get the MVP. And he's going to be the MVP of the Super Bowl this year. So mm. that's going to be pretty cool. Russell Wilson's leading the league in touchdowns. I understand. Yeah. And I just think Dak Prescott's actually having a solid season. He leads the league in passing yards. I mean, 3-0 and was nice for them. But then second, they went to like 3-3. And, and, and that kind of like raises a red flag for me. So my ranking, uh, four right now I have Aaron Rodgers. Uh, I don't think he's doing enough. Especially the year we're having when it comes to quarterbacks. Yeah, but he's doing more than he's done in 20 years. This year, I think voters are going to vote for the shiny new toy. Yeah. I think it's going to be Lamar Jackson. Jackson. But uh, three, I have Russell Wilson. Two, I have Dak. One, I have Lamar Jackson. Wow. My reasoning for that is Dallas is still America's team, and the voters will always lean a cowboy when they can. And the fact that he's leading in passing yards, second in passing touchdowns this year helps his case mightily. Nine interceptions, that's a little high, especially compared to all the other MVP candidates. Where I have Lamar Jackson ahead is because of the rushing element of his game. He's ran for over 700 yards this year, has six rushing touchdowns. Combine that with his passing ability, which is a major step up from what we saw last year, more than what anybody thought we'd see. He's the most improved player in the league in my mind and the NFL MVP in my mind. I mean, don't get me wrong. Lamar Jackson, hell of a player. Like, you got to give it to him. He's the guy who just went and beat the Pats. And now they're 8-1, and one, I believe. He does have similar overall yardage to Russell Wilson, and Russell Wilson and him both have a, a similar amount of touchdowns. But I believe it's just when you look at quarterbacks being picked, I know it's an MVP thing, but... If you look at just quarterbacks, I believe it's more of a factor that you should lean towards in passing over rushing with them when it comes to quarterbacks. I don't know. With the way the league's moving nowadays, mobile quarterbacks are the new thing. So it's not all about your passing game. It's about how long can you draw a play out. Well, I definitely understand that, but even Russell Wilson can do that. Let's talk about mobile quarterbacks real quick because we had some interesting happen last weekend. The new thing is having the quarterback who can extend plays. And let's be honest, it really ain't all that new having a quarterback who can extend plays. That's true. Fran Tarkenton did it in the 70s. Brett Favre did it his whole career. Yep. Aaron Rodgers has done it his whole career. Brady, to an extent, is even being able to get out of the pocket and extend plays. Yeah. See, but there's a difference, I feel like, between extending a play and being a mobile quarterback. Exactly. Yeah. Mobile quarterback, you're going to be moving. If there's an option for you to run, you're going to take it. If there's no option for you to throw. Yeah. problem with Lamar Jackson last year, in my mind, was that he usually chose that option to run over the option to throw. This year, he's kind of balanced it out in such a beautiful way that he's throwing in such nice, precise ways, but then still sometimes picking up 60 yards on a run, which my, is ridiculous. My thing, my definition of a mobile quarterback, a little bit different. Mine is his mobility matters more behind the line of scrimmage to me and his ability to throw on the run. Like the great quarterbacks have been able to scramble around the backfield and then throw on the run. You know, your Elways, which I hate to say because I hate John Elway. Yeah. Your Tom Brady's, your Aaron Rodgers, who's made a career of that, being able to extend plays. You know, like, look at the last 10 years. Nobody. Russell Wilson's that type, too. Yeah, but Russell Wilson, when it, I feel like, was the first wave of when they started calling them mobile quarterbacks and saying, like, look at what this mobile quarterback. Uh, even before him, RG3, 
was the first one I at least ever heard called a a mobile quarterback and I someone think, who can run. I think there's times we confuse it between a running quarterback and a mobile quarterback. I think RG3 fell more into that running quarterback. Lamar Jackson last year fell more into that running quarterback. This year he's more of a mobile quarterback. But Brett Favre was a mobile quarterback. He would extend plays outside the pocket all the time. He'd run the bootleg. Would you consider him a running quarterback? No. No. Same thing with so. Aaron Rodgers. Like it, it's it's a forever evolving position, the quarterback position. That's what makes MVP races so interesting from year to year. Because some years you can have a pocket passer like Brady win it, and the next year you have something like this. Like let's be honest, what the MVP is, it's the best quarterback of the year. Yeah, pretty much. Which is unfortunate because you see somebody like Christian McCaffrey having the season he is. We haven't seen a defensive MVP, I believe. J.J. Watt might have one, but I think Charles Woodson might have been the last one to do that. It's that way with the Heisman, too, now in college. Would you give it to Bosa if you could give it to a defenseman? Uh, Nick Bosa? Yeah. The one on uh, 49ers. Yeah. He's my defensive player, NFC defensive player, defensive player of the year and defensive rookie of the year. Yeah. But MVP, it's tough for me to give it to a defensive player. Well, it's just because like you can only control the game so much. Although I think someone that uh, should have been a defensive MVP was uh, Richard Sherman, in my opinion. When he was on that, there's Seahawks an argument team. there in that yeah. Legion of. When but he was they, on the Legion credit, of Boom, they credit a lot of that to oh, he had all the people around him. You know, I, and that's a tough credit because there's times they credit the quarterback to the wide receivers, but the quarterback gets more leeway with that, unfortunately. Yeah, I don't know why, because Richard Sherman drove that defense. To be a defensive player of the year, if you want to do it from a defensive line position, you have to have a takeover year like Aaron Donald have. I think you have to have at least 17 sacks to yeah. really be considered from the line position. If you want to do it from a secondary position, uh, eight interceptions, you'd have to have. How much did Richard Sherman have the year they won the Super Bowl? Five or six, I believe. Mm. Yeah. See, but I feel like he did more for that defense than just picks. Definitely a defensive player of the year, but it's so tough to give it to an, MV- an MVP to a position like that, you know? Now, if you're looking for a defensive player to win MVP, sacks-wise right now, leader is Chandler Jones with 12 and a half sacks. Yeah, that's that's not enough for me to give it to him. Well, I mean the lead, I mean there's still a few weeks left. Chandler Jones is an animal though. Yeah. An absolute animal down there in Arizona who quietly has a good year every year. And if you're looking for interceptions, how many do you think a person needs? 8. Uh McCordy, Devin McCordy is at 5. And All right, he's tied. They with, would they wouldn't give it to a Patriots defender because they give the yeah. way too much credit to Bill Belichick and in that sense. Another one, even though he does deserve a lot of credit. All right, well, how about Minka Fitzpatrick, who's been looking yeah that could really be, decent. Since he could he's be your AFC Steelers. defensive player of the year. Although I think Jamal Adams has made a case for that too. I'm gonna throw out this name because just because he's on this list somehow, you're not gonna like it. Four interceptions for Janoris Jenkins. Yeah, no. Get that garbage out of here. Marcus he's, Peters, he also has four interceptions. He's kind of toast, too. He's just having a little bit of resurgence here in Baltimore. Marcus Williams. But it's this this favoritism toward the quarterback extends to the college level, too. Defensive Heismans are rare. You can win uh, def- the Heisman as like an offensive lineman. Nobody ever does. When I first heard of the Heisman, I thought it was only a quarterback. Yeah, exactly. Trophy. Yeah. Because, <clears throat> like, every year a quarterback wins it. You, you get the occasional running back, more. occasional defensive player. Yeah, but you always see the Heisman Award, you know, winning whatever quarterback from, you know, here. Like uh, Baker 
was yeah. a Heisman, right? So was RG3 and yeah. Lamar Jackson, Mark Ingram. And um, new kid in Arizona, Murray. Yeah. Wasn't he also a Heisman winner? Yep. Our last Heisman winner. Marcus Mariota was too. Our last Heisman winner who wasn't a quarterback was 2015, and it was Derrick Henry. Oh, that, yeah. yeah. Before that, occasionally the throw in the running back. It's, it's almost never a wide receiver. Before that, Mark Ingram Jr., running 2009. Back. Yep. And before that, Charles Woodson? Uh, I think so. Was yeah, 1997. Was that Woodson back all the way back then? Yeah. Man. Well, before I mean, we were alive, man. All the Heisman candidates right now, it's basically Chase Young, who's a defensive end in Ohio State. It's Tua. We're going to talk about in a second his injury. Joe Burrow, Herbert. Did you see yeah. he had uh, draft insur- insurance? Yes. How? What is draft insurance? How the fuck? How does that exist? I don't know. What is draft insurance? So basically, he bought draft insurance when he was projected to go number one overall in the draft. So now Five million dollars, right? Hurt, if he falls in the draft, this insurance kicks in and he gets that money anyway. Yeah. Wow. I don't know how the fuck that works. Now, there's talk about Tua Tagovailoa had the fractured hip and the dislocated hip. I think he has to drop below a certain number, though. There's talk of what his next move could be. Tua was already sliding in this draft. He wasn't the clear-cut number one he was a few months ago. Now, Joe, Joe Burrow, yeah, quarterback from LSU. That's when he bought the insurance. I know. Is way in this conversation now. Now, especially with Tua out, I believe the Cincinnati Bengals will take Joe Burrow. I think they would have if Tua Tagovailoa was available, too. What's the next step for Tua? Is it enter the draft this year? Or... Wait another year and go number one He has one... I don't think he'd go number one overall. He has one more year of eligibility. He could go back... He could rehab with Alabama, who arguably has the best rehab team, the best medical staff in the nation at a collegiate level, better than some NFL programs down there. Or you enter the draft now, perhaps you slip, and we're talking a huge slip now. This could be a second, a third round slip. Right, but he's still getting five million exactly. guaranteed if he goes in this year, I believe. Yeah. I believe if he waits just, till next just, year, the year. money's no longer guaranteed. Now. So do you risk that? Losing that money. If he enters the draft, you can book this. He's going to be a New England Patriot. Yeah? Yep. Yeah, probably. He's going to be one. You don't think Belichick and Nick Saban have talked? They most definitely have. Come on. He's going to be a fucking Patriot. Yeah, and then he's just going to replace Brady. This shit's never going to end. The dynasty's going to keep going. I thought it was going to be Andrew Luck, but lucky for the Patriots, Tua gets hurt. Like, come on. Please. Just let Miami take... There's still a solid chance Miami takes Tua with this hip injury. In Miami has very poor front Draft office, skills. and there's a chance there. So, But I think he slips the second, third round. I don't know. I could see them doing what they did with Brady. Just getting him like the 200th pick. So He wouldn't go that far. Some team would definitely take a chance on him around... Fourth or third? Third. Late second is a possibility. Third, fourth. Yeah. A team like it's sad Bengals? to see, man, because he was having not the best year. He'd been played with injuries all the way from last year, and if he goes back to school, he won't be the top prospect coming out of next year's draft. That's Trevor Lawrence, quarterback for uh, Clemson at the moment. So it's going to be interesting to see what his next step is because there's there's some moves to be made here. So now the question is, 
it's really based off of what he wants to do. Does he want to be safe and go for $5 million in the event that he just slips yeah. in the draft? Or does he want to try and make this work and do rehab and then try and bounce back from this injury that usually ends careers? Well, just remember, it's not just going to be $5 million. It's going to be $5 million on top of whatever he gets from the signing bonus. Which, after the first round, isn't that much. I understand, but still. I, I believe it's, it's under a million dollars. Would you rather go with... The five, almost six million dollars if you go in this year, or go yeah. in with the who knows how much you're gonna get. Exactly. It really depends. Outside on of the top ten, picks, this year he would have made much, he right? would have made probably around thirteen mil. It really depends on how confident he feels. Exactly. I think I think he'll uh, I think he'll enter the draft and slip. I yeah. I hope I don't know that how he much he's gonna have. slip though, because I mean like. You look at different teams, and I feel like the draft nowadays, they're, they're picking quarterbacks that you just don't expect. And the Giants are a really good example of that with Daniel Jones. Like, no one had fucking heard of him. Well, the problem with that is uh, last year wasn't a deep quarterback draft. Yeah. This year is. Like, the upper echelon of quarterbacks was Tua, and it was just Tua for a certain period of time. Then it was Tua and Burrow. Now it's just Burrow. After that, you have Fromm and Herbert, who look at the teams currently possessing a top-five pick. Who needs a quarterback outside Cincinnati? Miami. They might take Herbert, maybe, but I think they really want a mobile quarterback, which the Colin Kaepernick could come into play there. Yeah. Uh, do we have any report on any teams that were interested? In eight Kaepernick? teams were there. There's nothing. No, no only no. eight. I thought like sixteen were. No, to because go. he changed location. Uh, Where did he do it? A mile away from the first location. Where was that? Uh, he wanted the NFL wanted it done in a certain spot. There was. Do you know what state it was in? Georgia. Okay. Yeah. And he did it like a mile away, but. Uh, so none of the teams could figure out how to drive a mile to Exactly, but eight teams did. So Miami was one of them. Yeah. I liked so, how he kind of just told everybody that was there, thank you for showing up. He's like, now go back to your owners and tell them to stop being pussies. Like, let's go. I'm ready. He'll be on a roster for the preseason next year. He probably will. The question is... He'd be, if he's going to back up, he'll back. I think... If, if I'm Miami, it's what do I have to lose right now starting him the rest of the season seeing if we have a quarterback there? Right, yeah. but because now, especially that Tua was your fallback. Now there is no Tua. Now, do you, do you draft someone else in the draft or you just sign Colin Kaepernick that, and hope? One year, that's the benefit of having six games left this season. There's still time. Now, here's my question. What kind of uh, welcome back does he get into the league? Do you think all is forgiven now and the fans will forget about what he was doing two years ago? Do you think he slips back into doing that shit again? I think he's, he'll. I don't think he will still protest the national anthem or protest during the national anthem is what I should say. Yeah, I mean, he already I'm has. all for protest. Just not then. Personally, my personal thing is not yes, then. But in all fairness, he has every right to do what he did. He exactly. is protected under the First Amendment to protest and to freedom of speech. So he's all for going out there saying, listen, I have a problem with police brutality in this country. I have a problem with how police treat exactly. African-Americans in this country. Go for it, bro. But then understand that there are consequences that are going to come from your protest. Yes, in the United States, you cannot get legally punished, but you play for an organization... That doesn't want any kind of conduct 
a, like any kind of negative light shed on this. Exactly. Especially you look at some of the, some of the markets league. and where football is popular, there's going to be some uprising against this. Yeah, like the South. That's why I believe a market like Miami is so good for this. Mostly there's a Cuban. lot of people in Miami who do believe in the things she stands for. Yes. And that is that would be a great fit for him in Miami. But just because I feel like those you know, it's Florida, so you do have the rednecks there, but you also have a much more uh, diverse population there, and I think that the diversity will help people kind of forgive and forget, especially if he's a good quarterback. When it comes to national attention on this, and even local attention, Miami's the perfect place. Even if Kaepernick's quarterback, not many people are showing up for a Miami Dolphins game. Exactly. Anyway, Miami Dolphins are never going to have the national broadcast. Never. Yeah. Not this season. They're not going to flex in a game just because Colin Kaepernick's the starting quarterback. Oh, they might do that. No, they won't. You don't think so? No. The Can NFL. Too scared? I don't think the NFL would. And there's more money in a game of somebody else than there is with Colin Kaepernick and anybody else. There's just more money in it. So well, I think his return. I think Miami is the safest market for this, and it's also his best opportunity, in my opinion, because now they have a total question mark at quarterback because they were so in on Tua. And now two was just taken away from them because, of course, they was because they're fucking Miami. Now, uh, this whole much, season was for Tua. How much would you give Kaepernick coming back for uh, time one year, years. three, four million dollars? Yeah. Now, do yeah. you see him asking for more? For the opportunity, no. Especially if Miami says, "Listen, if this goes well, if we win some games, we're gonna sign you to a two-year deal. You'll be the starting quarterback here. We have three picks in the first round of this draft. We have three picks in the first round of next draft." We can build a team around you, compete in three to four years. You're 34, 35, we're competing, and then when you're 37, we move on. Yeah. Like we would from a regular quarterback. Now, how? Uh, how? what were his stats? Do you remember in his last year? His last team? year, they were bad. He went 1-10. and ten. But yeah. you got to also well, remember like the 49ers at that time were absolute Jim Tom shit. Sula was their head coach. They had no offensive line. They had no wide receivers. They, they were really no bad. Defense. But he was also backup for a, all of his like controversy. He was backup. Okay, in his last. Well, no, season. he was one in ten that year. And then the controversy got a lot bigger when he was a backup and still doing it. And yeah. In his last season, he started eleven games, played twelve. His record was one and ten. Yeah. In his last season, did he throw sixteen touchdowns and four interceptions? Or was that the season before 16 that? 16 touchdowns and 4 interceptions, yeah. yes. That's not bad. That's he not had bad 331 attempts for 196 completions. There's no reason for 16 touchdowns and 4 interceptions to mirror 1-11. My only explanation for it is San Fran, because they were dog shit. Yeah, your team was horrible. Now yeah. the team's starting to come back around. They got Jimmy Garoppolo good for them. Exactly. And but I honestly think that Kaepernick has done the time for no crime. I don't like that he went after the league for the conspiracy to, you know, keep Blackballed. him out. But whatever. I think there was a case there, especially when we saw the league settle out. I know the league and, settled and they out. Had, I think it was just to shut him up. And they had Kaepernick sign a non-disclosure agreement. Yeah, and nobody knows how much money the league gave Kaepernick. I also, it was like $600 million that I heard. I, I also, heard it was like to the tune of $600 Wow. Million. That'd yeah. be ridiculous. He's got a lot of money. I can't confirm that, but that no. would be ridiculous. That's why that was, those were the rumors going around that he's got something to the tune of six hundred million. Tom, we're gonna have the last word of this. We gotta wrap up this episode. What's up? Also, you take a look at uh, the other one who was 
kneeling with him. What was his name? Eric, Eric Reed. Reed. Eric Reed. I mean, he kept getting random drug tests and yeah, all he's that. Yeah, And, like, that leads further to the conspiracy. He's a just safety trying to for the Carolina the Panthers right now. Yeah, but also, um, Le'Veon Bell just complained about getting randomly drug tested, too. Yeah. I, Five I, times. I don't in, understand that In one. ten games. How the fuck? Why? What we is put, Le'Veon Bell we doing? We put your name in a computer and it randomly comes up. Yeah, sure it does. Okay. No, you're just testing whoever the fuck you feel like exactly. testing. He literally said, I'm not letting you stick your dirty needles in me anymore. Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> so, next Wednesday, we'll be having an episode, not next Tuesday. Devils play Minnesota at home, so we're not going to be here. But next Wednesday is a big episode for us. It's the one-year anniversary of the first episode of Too Many Men. Woot, woot, woot. So, we're going to have an episode next Wednesday, night before Thanksgiving. Yeah. Uh, listen to us wherever podcasts are listened to. We are based on SoundCloud, but we're also on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, everywhere. You can find us everywhere. Give us a follow on social media, fi- media Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, yeah. We provide news we updates. Hot takes. You want a hot take? You got a hot take? Uh, yeah, the Giants are about to light it up at the end of the season. Wow. Still miss the playoffs. God, why are you do that to me? I want Chase Young. What do you, we got one? Yeah, I, uh, is it a hot take that I say Tua will rehab? Or is that just... Where? In Alabama. Okay, that is pretty that hot. Is a hot. Yeah, take. that's pretty okay. hot. Uh, hmm. The Tennessee Titans somehow win the AFC South. What? Yeah. They're what, a game out? I want Derrick Henry doing good, baby. All right, so we will see you next Tuesday for our one-year anniversary episode of Too Many Men.